Well, it's officially official. The 2019-2020 college football season is over. Everyone go into grieving as of the next, what, nine months where we're basically without college football. Sad day indeed. And your LSU Tigers, not the Clemson Tigers, the Baton Rouge Death Valley Tigers are your national champs. How's everybody doing? It's Greg Schaefer here, Locked On Irish, coming at you, Tuesday edition. Late in the day, Tuesday edition, because I'm dropping this thing as soon as we're done. I'm not going to fake like it's Wednesday or anything like that. Too much breaking news. Way too much breaking news. I, I know we plan on skipping today. We'll probably skip tomorrow. There's just been too many things come down, too many things we haven't covered. Uh, one of the topics I even forgot about, I mean, oh my gosh, they're going to boot me off this network. But until they do, make sure you're following us, Locked On Irish, Facebook, Locked On Irish on Twitter. Help me crack the code on Twitter because I don't understand it. On my other show, it took me a while to build Facebook, but I eventually got it. We get a couple extra likes a week. Things are moving along smoothly. Um, the, the Locked On page on Facebook moves along pretty smoothly. We've really been picking up the momentum on that. But even on my other show, the Twitter page sucks. We're terrible as far as followers. Instagram, it's coming along. Um, but the Locked On, it, it's struggling. Help us out. Give us some likes. Uh, give us some, some follows. Follow us around on Twitter. I promise we're interesting. We're much cooler on the internet than we are on this thing. So so where to kick off? I uh, Like I said last week, sometimes shows write themselves just out of the blue, for better or for worse. It doesn't hurt when you're like behind on topics. But just, what, two hours ago, Tommy Reese has been named the new offensive coordinator. As I open the show with officially official, officially official, Tommy Reese, new offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Oh, Coach Kelly, what are you doing? Now, I got to believe that Coach Kelly didn't watch that game last night LSU, because I thought because the delay, okay, let me run this back. I think I've repeated myself many times on this. I thought since we he didn't name him on Monday after the Camping World Bowl, I was like, okay, there's hope here. He's going to kick the tires on some other guys, and maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe nobody else is interested, which that's a topic for another day, and that's an even bigger concern, okay? As you guys know, I'm a Helfrich guy. That would have been my first choice. Doesn't sound like that was even a possibility. Next choice would have been Joe Moorhead. Things kind of were more rumblings. There was a lot more smoke as of recent days about maybe Joe Moorhead. But we didn't, you know, obviously didn't come to fruition. I got to believe that Coach Kelly didn't watch that game last night with Joe Brady, 30 years old, this uber talent, which we have news about him coming later in the show that just broke just before we started recording this, um, that he just didn't on a whim just say, you know what, yep, that's it. Young coordinator, I got to get it. I got to get somebody under twenty, under 30 years old. And you know how things in football are. I mean, look at Zach Taylor with the Bengals. You know, I mean, Zach Taylor with the Bengals was absolutely, uh, you won't convince me otherwise, that Zach Taylor wasn't hired during the boom of this whole Sean McVay thing. Now, Sean McVay, I mean, football's cyclical. Now this whole Sean McVay thing's kind of looking like a bust. It kind of looks like a flash in the pan. Um, and there's only one Sean McVay, even if he still was working out. Now, we don't know what Sean McVay is going to be. Maybe, you know, he turns it around next year. Teams that lose the Super Bowl always trail off a little bit, history has shown. I mean, look at the Panthers, Cam Newton. They get beat by the Peyton Manning Broncos, and now they trail off. I mean, every team that's ever lost the Super Bowl, the Raiders are still trying to recover from the last time they made the Super Bowl. Things happen. Look at uh, Notre Dame in the national championship. I mean, 
you know, teams, Oregon, they're still trying to get back there. Something about losing in a title game where teams struggle to get back. The Indians in baseball. I mean, I could give you examples for days. I mean, outside of like the Spurs or even like the Patriots, I can't think of many other teams that have lost and went right back and uh, and won. But my point is, is like, I can't imagine that that's, that that's what pushed Kelly's decision over the edge. Because I thought if it was going to be Reese, it would have been done the Monday after. He had the momentum to do it. Now he put doubt in everybody's mind, in my opinion. Like, maybe he wasn't the guy. Like, if he was signed, sealed, delivered, convinced, Tommy Reese, you're the man, the myth, the legend, all that is, then hire him. Then just hire him on Monday after the Camping World Bowl. Everybody's high off the victory. We still think Tommy's amazing. Those of us that are casual, those that are casual fans, then you have those of us like me, unfortunately, that watches the game from you know a strategic point of view and see certain things. That even when you explain it to people, they're like, "Oh, you're cheering for that team." No, I'm just explaining to you what's actually going on. I'm not cheering for anybody in this in said situation. But I just can't believe that he'd watch that game last night, and and, and I don't think this is true, but have an emotional decision and like, yep, we got to hire this guy. we got to hire Reese. He's the next Joe Brady. Um, and I'd like to know what changed. What was the thought process? Because I'll tell you what, this is a career-defining moment for Coach Kelly. And let me tell you why. If it works, great. We win a national title. Awesome. Talk about career-defining because he doesn't have one right now. If we go stay status quo, for instance... That ain't good enough. Why do you think we got rid of Chip Long? We were well on our way to a 10-11 wins with Chip Long. It wasn't pretty, but we were going to get there, especially with this schedule. And with the way that schedule's setting up next year, poof, forget that. We, we could have done it. But if it stays status quo, it's clearly not good enough. And if we take a step back, Kelly's gone, okay? This might be the last offensive coordinator hire that Coach Kelly makes. He had to get this one right. So I would love to know his thought process, who he vetted before they came in. Did you interview anybody else, or was this just long and drawn out to get past to be for college football season to be done? Because college football season is officially done today, or, well, whenever the game ended last night, that somehow I fell asleep at the very, very tail end, um, which I did better than some of our local sportscasters here who are copping a big attitude and not even watching it. Like, how can you be so salty? This is your job. I get it. The Buckeyes aren't in it. If you haven't listened to the show before, Lockdown Irish recorded right here in Central Ohio. But some of these local guys didn't even watch the game last night. That's so petty. Like, you have a job to do. Get over yourselves. You cannot be that petty. Story for another day. But uh, I just, this has got to be the right one. This has to be it, Kelly. It has to be it. Because, again, your career goes one of three ways at this point. And all uh, one of them, in, only one of them ends with you having a statue. The rest of them, I think, gets you fired, because ten and two clearly is not good enough. Otherwise, Chip Long would be back. And honestly, as Mark Hissom said, the offense didn't look a whole lot different at the Camping World Bowl. Now, will it change? Was having some new guys, some more dynamic players. Tony Jones is gone. Ian Book has a third year of being the starter. I know a lot of people talked about behind the scenes that maybe Book came back because. You know, Tommy Reese is going to be the OC. You got some more dynamic playmakers at uh, wide receiver. You got uh, a new wide receiver coming in from Northwestern. You got one coming back off of a said uh, suspension. Fink's graduating, maybe addition by subtraction. Uh, pretty veteran offensive line coming back. I don't know. I mean, I need to see some development from that offensive line. Uh, Lance Taylor's taken over as not just a running back coach. He's going to be the run game coordinator. 
are you really trying to do what LSU did with Joe Brady? I mean, look at it seriously. You've named Taylor the running game coordinator. Brady was the passing game coordinator at LSU. Steve Enzinger was offensive coordinator, um, essentially the offensive coordinator at LSU with a pass game coordinator. I don't know. There's some uh, eerie uh, similarities, if you ask me, and almost some things that are like, is he really, is he trying to copycat right now? Is this what's happening? Did, did he really make an emotional decision on one of the biggest decisions of his entire coaching career, at least toward the end here? I don't know, because his legacy will be defined with how this particular situation plays out. And I'll also be interested to know how much control Kelly still has. So, uh, speaking of the offense, Phil Jerkovic, this happened over the weekend. I wanted to touch on this because, well, I skipped it, and I couldn't believe I did. We knew he was transferring. He has a locale, and there's even a graphic out now. As Eric Hansen said from the South Bend Tribune, it's not official until the school you're going to has a graphic, right? He's going to... Boston College, which in the past we've made fun of and said backup college to poke a little, have a little fun with BC, and in this particular situation is literally backup college for Phil Jerkovic. I wish the best for both parties. I put it out there on Facebook. I hope I hope it works out for both of them. I truly do. I want BC relevant. The other Catholic school, I'm a big supporter of private schools. Catholic schools is pretty much what I cover locally as far as high school. You know, I'm obviously a huge Notre Dame fan. I want it to work out, and I want the Holy War to mean something again. So, Phil, get out there, ball out, do your thing. You have your opportunity now. My biggest concern is that he just doesn't have the pieces over the next two years to work with. Now, he'll have to sit out a year. He'll have two years of eligibility unless he gets a waiver, which if you can figure out the formula on how they give waivers, you let me know. And uh, But it, when he comes back, maybe by the time that second year of being eligible at BC, I know a lot of guys like Halfley, the new uh, the new coach out there. came from Ohio State. A lot of people like him, replaced Adazio. Um, he's getting some guys, getting renewing a little bit of interest. Not the easiest area to, to recruit, being a pro town and things like that. But let's hope that they can get some talent out there. Let's make the Holy War relevant again. So good luck to Joe and... You know, for me, I'm telling you, good luck to BC. Come on, bring it back. Let's make, let's get somebody competitive in the ACC because right now you have Clemson and whatever the rest of that is. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that national, a certain national title game that happened last night. Welcome back into Locked On Irish on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, your official. Notre Dame podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. So unless you were living under a rock or out of the country or in Mars, you might know that LSU knocked off Clemson 42-25. to For those keeping score at home, my official prediction was 41-31. So I was close. Not too bad. I've been real close lately. I'm close enough to tempt me to go lay some money down somewhere, but I just know... At about that time is when like I'm not close anymore, so that's why I don't. I li- I just I like my money too much. But um, early on in this game, man, I tell you, I thought Clemson had them. My mom was cheering like crazy for LSU because of Joe Burrow being a local guy and all the money he raised there in Athens and Orgeron. I mean, I've even said I love Orgeron. He's such a character. I don't think he's a great coach. I mean, I, I actually think it's a kick in the pants for a lot of a lot of coaches out there. <laughs> Are waking up this morning like 
Ed Orgeron, Ole Miss Ed Orgeron, the Ed Orgeron that USC didn't want has a national title? What? What? I truly believe that. I bet some guys have woke up, Kelly being one of them, have woke up this morning like, now who? Orgeron's got a title and I don't? Man, Kirby Smart waking up this morning like, he's got a title? Are you serious? Clay Helton, that's got to be another one. He's got a title? Well, bub, you ain't even close, my friend. So let's talk about how close teams are. I'll tell you what, right now, unless your name, at least this, this for this season, unless your name was Clemson, LSU, or Ohio State, you didn't stand a chance because those were two elite teams on the field yesterday. Uh, Clemson threw out a hell of a game plan, in my opinion. Uh, Venables has got to be one of the best defense, if not the best defensive coordinator in the country. Uh, just incredible. I mean, even the plays that the corners were beat on, I know that first touchdown, the corner falls down. Burrow was just laying balls in just perfect spots. I mean, that dude just, he's got a beautiful pass and easy to catch ball. I thought that, and then I heard it on the radio today. I wish I would have said it first, but I'm not. So congrats, Joel Klatt. You stole it. But they were talking about what to compare him to, and they the only the person they could come up with was Joe Montana. I mean, I don't know how well Burrow is going to work out in the NFL. I really don't. Um, I, I know he has all these attributes. He's mobile. He's He can feel the pressure coming. That's all I talked about last time is he can feel the pressure coming. Um, but I just don't know how well he's going to work out in the NFL based on he's probably going to go to the Bengals. Now, Zach Taylor comes from that same style of offense. It's like a West Coast offense. I, I think he's going to probably be in a decent scenario to succeed, but they were so bad this year. You just hope he doesn't get, like, Tim couched and just beat to death or, like, uh, David Carr and just beat to death out there. But, I mean, we legitimately watch probably the two best teams in the country. I mean, I think if OSU was in there, I think you're looking at pretty much a similar result. LSU got off a little sluggish, down 17-7. I mean, that's when I was like, man, I think Clemson's winning this game. I mean, Dabo had a great game plan. Guys were in the right spots. It's just the other guy made a better play. Um this is interesting, though. I, I'm just looking at the box score here, and uh, Edwards Hilaire is the only running back to touch the ball for LSU. Caught the ball out of the backfield. He ran for 110. Interesting. On the flip side, Clemson, uh, Lynn J. Dixon, who's their second-leading rusher, only rushed the ball one time for negative one yards. Travis ATN had the other 15 carries, and then, of course, Trevor Lawrence had 10 carries for 49. Lawrence was a hair off, but define off. I mean, LSU just... <laughs> You know, they don't have a great defense, but they put enough pressure on them. Uh, the fumble toward the end of the game was a little uncharacteristic. Uh, a little bit of a momentum swing with the long pass play that got called back for the um, blindside, uh, yeah, blindside block there against Clemson. But at the end of the day, I mean, these teams, you can see exactly why they were in the national title game. There's speed everywhere. There's talent everywhere. Um, just across the board, talent. One guy goes down, another guy can come in and fill... Now, that does lead me to, speaking of a guy going down and another one coming in and filling, it, it leads me to the targeting call. Um, I hate this rule. Uh, I just hate it. James Skalski went out with the, the, the targeting foul. The middle linebacker, Jake Venables, replaced him, who's a decent player. I mean, let's first off say that changed the entire game plan. It changed the entire game plan because they knew they couldn't get home with Venables out there at linebacker. He's a decent player. That's Venables' kid. Um, you know, fine. He, he is what he is. But they knew they weren't going to be able to get home with him out there at middle linebacker. It was a significant step backward. And, you know, on a 
I just think they need to go. They're already talking about it. I think they need to go to a flagrant one, flagrant two, yellow card, red card um, situation when it comes to these targetings. Yeah, still call the penalty. Sure. But, I mean, it changes the whole game plan. And I think I know why they do it. I think they do it from the perspective of, well, you can't find the kids. Because in the NFL, you don't get thrown out for targeting. In fact, in high school, you don't even get thrown out for targeting, no matter how egregious it is. Uh, to my knowledge, I haven't seen it yet, and I've seen some pretty bad ones being on the sideline. But at least not here in Ohio. Uh, chime in at Locked On Irish. Love to hear what your other states do. Um, I know a lot of the states around us play pretty similar. But I just hate that. I, I, I just And then making them do the freaking the walk to the locker room. Like he like shanked somebody with a whittled down toothbrush out of his sock. Come on now. The the kid, he, he made a football play. He's an aggressive player, and he just so happened to his head went in the wrong spot, and you're making him go to the freaking locker room. I mean, why don't we just take him to the jail? These, these stadiums have jails in them. Why don't you throw him in there till the end of the game? It's it's BS, man. It's ridiculous. And I'm not a Buckeye fan by any stretch of the imagination, but same with that play. That, yes, by the letter of the law, it was 100% targeting. I don't disagree. However... That's a football play. Trevor Lawrence lowers his level. He gets hit in the head. Okay, so what? It's 15 yards. He gets one. We move on. Just like the uh, the NBA, just like um, soccer, you get two yellow cards. NBA, you get two flagrant ones. Let's just call it a day. It's a football play. It is what it is. But um, let's just let's drool over Burrow for a minute. Just talk about just his performance. 463. And just a hum hum. Eh, 463, five touchdowns. Passed for, what, 60 touchdowns on the season? Ridiculous. Passed Colt Brennan all time for most touchdowns in a year. Just insane. 221 of those yards came to, to uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, I mean, you just seen last night exactly what a national championship team looks like. Later in the week, I want to get with Mark about, you know, what is the Irish missing? Because clearly we can play with Georgia. I think we could have played very well with Bama this year. Unless it's raining and we're playing in Ann Arbor and it's cold. Outside of that, I I mean, we can play with that next tier down. But um, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, they were clearly the three best teams in the country this year, and it wasn't close. And I don't want to hear – I mean, I've heard all the takes at this point. I've heard all the bad takes because I just love comment sections. There's like three things you cannot talk about online without just somebody wanting to cut your break lines. One, religion. Two, politics. Three, college football. You want to lose some friends? There you go. I mean, I even heard one, Joe Burrow's not a Buckeye, um, and you guys are crazy for trying to claim him. Number one, I'm not a Buckeye fan. Number two, he grew up in Athens, went to school, Athens High School in Ohio. Number three, he played three years for Ohio State and graduated with a degree from Ohio State University. He's a Buckeye, whether any of us like it or not, so just chill out. Um, what else did I hear? Um... I don't know, just just so many things. Like, oh, thanks to the thanks to the refs, the LSU got it. You know, coming from Clemson fans, it's like, didn't you guys get a couple favorable calls there just a couple weeks ago? Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. How's that feeling right now? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. So, into the seasons here. Uh, let's talk about this just real quick. Um, so Joe Brady actually just got a job with the Carolina Panthers. This literally broke just before I come to this on the show. And if I had to take bets for who the team that's going to fall off the most going into next season, it's LSU, man. Because I'm not a, I'm not a, I love Orgeron. He's a character. Great dude. He seems like a good family guy. He's a great guy as far as personality. Go Tigers. That whole, I love it. I love it. He's not a good coach, in my opinion. 
Joe Brady, Emzinger, ran that team. Joe Burrow caught fire. Look at Joe Burrow's stats before Joe Brady. Look at him. We talked about him the other day. It was a little over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, 5 picks. So, hum. This year, he's over 5,000 yards and 65 touchdowns with Joe Brady. Are you serious? So we're going to see, is this just the perfect chemistry that just so happened to come together for one year? Or are these guys stand alone this good by themselves? I want to know what you guys think. Hit us up, Locked On Irish, on Twitter, on Facebook. I want to know, do you guys think these guys are actually this good? Or it was it just the perfect harmony? You know, um, certain coaches... Man, he was great here. Harbaugh at Stanford. He was great here. He goes over here. Why Why isn't he just as good? Pick any coach that just can't have any success at the, at the next location. Maybe it was just perfect. Maybe it's just a perfect scenario. Or are these guys that good? I mean, if the Panthers take the league by storm, even if Joe Burrow is just the end-all, be-all with the Bengals and they're running the north, then okay. But I don't know. I think this might have just been the perfect combination because in four years – we didn't see what we've seen this season from Joe Burrow. So, next segment, did the Irish get snubbed right after this? The Irish potentially getting snubbed, and they didn't even play last night. So, the final AP rankings come out, and it has us at numero 12. Love to know your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, I don't necessarily hate it. I also don't really care either. It's just, it's more for us to talk about <laughs> more than anything. I mean, that's what it turns out to be. Finish up at number 12. It is a little frustrating. You got a four loss Wisconsin who lost to Illinois. And despite the fact that we got blown the doors off of against, um, Michigan, how could I forget? Um, we didn't lose to anything like Illinois. We lost to number four. And we lost to number 18, was where Michigan finished up. You know, Wisconsin had the two losses to Ohio State, which, fine, they lost to Illinois. And their fourth loss was to Oregon in the Rose Bowl. And they played great in the Rose Bowl. That's fine. But at the end of the day, you have four losses, and you're just outside the top ten. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about one spot that really doesn't make a difference. I mean, it, What's Ricky Bobby say? If you're not first, you're last. It's kind of true in this situation. I mean, you know, we, we finished ranked, another ranked season. Uh, I, I also, looking at the, the top 25 here, you got LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, zero argument. Georgia at four, fine. Oregon at five, okay. I'm good. I guess I'm good with that. Uh, Florida at six is ridiculous. That's BS. Get them out of there. I'd put Bama or Oklahoma at six. I know Oklahoma, it's like illegal to recruit DBs. So I'd say Oklahoma at six. Then probably, or Alabama at six, Oklahoma seven. I may have dropped Florida down to like nine. Penn State, Minnesota round out the top ten. Then Wisconsin just above us. Just below us, Baylor, Auburn, Iowa, Utah, Memphis, Michigan, App State, wouldn't it have been funny if App State would have been ranked above Michigan? And really, they probably should have been. 13-1? and one. I mean, throw out who they played. I don't really care. 13 wins. That's that's tough to do. I don't care what league you're in. 13 wins? absolutely freaking lootly man. It would have been so great to see App State over Michigan by one spot. After, you know, Michigan will never live down. I know team, teams have lost uh, to... FBS or FCS schools since that time, but that was like the first big one at home. Michigan's ranked the whole bit, and that one right there, I know it still sticks with them. I'd have loved to have seen that. 
Uh, rounding out the top 25, you had Navy, Cincinnati, Air Force. So two military academies, 11 and 2 by both the academies, Navy and Air Force, 20 and 22 respectively. Boise State, UCF, and Texas. Are they back, by the way? 8 and 5, finish ranked number 25. I mean, what are we back to? Have they been gone? Did they ever leave? Do when they come back, are they supposed to report? I'm I'm so confused on how this works. So, whatever. Um, American Writers Association. I think that's what it was. Yet another, another All American nomination for Kyle Hamilton. Congrats to him. Kid's a baller, man. I mean, he he clean sweep freshman All American awards. Just tremendous uh, football writers association of America FWAA. Um, just clean sweep. You can't deny him. Great player. Um, kind of what I want to get to about that. I mean, I could just say it and we could walk away from it. But just had a great season. How how can you deny some of the stuff he did this year? Just just really incredible stuff. Incredible numbers. Impressive kid. Kyle finished the season with, for reference here. Uh, 41 tackles, one for loss, four interceptions, had the pick six against uh, New Mexico, and also had six batted passes. Uh, so nice season. I mean, he's a physical specimen. He's going to grow into being whatever he wants to be with that kind of body. And kind of final thoughts on Kyle. It's just kind of like, you know, that's the difference right there. Clemson and LSU, they got a ton of those dudes. We only have a couple. And that's the difference. We've seen it last year when we played against Clemson. It's like, you know, one guy goes down, the whole game falls apart. And that's what we need to build. We need development and depth. I mean, that's that's like the big bigger subject. We'll get into more details about that need. But right now, that's the biggest thing that we need. We need more development and more depth to make a difference and to really put our, our footprint on this. But we're not that far behind, which is the good news. I mean, we're not Miami right now. We're not, uh, in my opinion, I know Tennessee got their little bowl win that everybody wants to talk about against Indiana. We're not, we're not them. Uh, we're not, uh, who else? Florida State? <laughs> Shoot. I'm, I'm good. I'll stay away from Florida State. You know, I mean, they, they, they didn't look like much against Arizona State. I, I like where we're at compared to them for sure. So let, before we wrap up today, let's talk about the Irish hoops if we have to. Oh, gosh. Tomorrow night, 8.30, ACC Network. We are going to be in Atlanta. We do not play these guys very well. Um, should be an interesting game. I was, you know, I usually do a full-on preview, but obviously I am behind on uh, material as, shoot, we've been through so much today. You can't even wrap your minds around it. But, uh, yeah, 8-8 eight and eight, Georgia Tech. I mean, at this point, we're not even looking at a tournament spot. We're looking at how can we get to potentially 18 wins in an NIT. I think an NIT could be in our future with 18 wins, and that's what I want for this team. Now, Georgia Tech does have a win over NC State to open the year, but that's been a long time ago at this point. However, last game out, January 11th, that was just, what, last Saturday? They beat Boston College 71-52, really stomped them at their own place. Uh, also have a win over North Carolina. As you know, at this point, is garbage. North Carolina is awful. Uh, they have also wins over Boise State, Nebraska, Bethune-Cookman. They've lost to Georgia. They've lost to Arkansas. They played Arkansas really tough. Arkansas only has two losses, and they took Arkansas to overtime, 62-61. Uh, they got thumped by 34 against Syracuse. So when we're talking common opponents here, something to think about. They got beat by Kentucky. They've been beat by Ball State, who is 
Last I checked, uh, 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 at basketball. Uh, also, Florida State kind of put it on them. And then game before last, they got beat by Duke. So not a, not an incredibly talented team. Josh Pastner down there is pretty decent coach. If you remember, that guy was the toast of the town not that long ago. You guys remember that? He got like coach of the year. For I, I, Did they even make the tournament? Uh, look out for Michael DeVoe tomorrow. Leads the team 16.1 points per game. Uh, six foot four, 188 pounds. Uh, I believe he is a sophomore. Without looking at my notes here, uh, career average, um, uh, 11.8 points per game. He's got 39 starts under his belt. He's a hundred percent. It's kind of the leader of this team. Also gets some rebounds, gets his nose dirty in there a little bit. Um, averages 3.4 rebounds a game. Moses Wright is going to be the guy inside that we're going to have to keep an eye on over eight rebounds a game. Also snags down on about 13 and a half points per game. He's only six foot nine, 221. It'll be interesting to see how we play him because he doesn't have the size of your typical kind of center. Uh, I believe he's listed, though, as a forward. So he is a bit, yeah, he's a forward. So he's a bit more mobile, uh, can kind of stretch out stretch out your game a little bit. Uh, where's he at as far as threes? Uh, let me look here for you guys real quick. Four of 19. So he will pull the trigger. Not very well. Uh <laughs> But uh, he'll pull the trigger, so he he's definitely going to be able to stretch the floor a little bit. I think we win tomorrow night. I truly do. I don't know why. Call it a feeling. I don't know what it is, but I, I do. I think we win tomorrow night. I mean, this team's only averaging 67 points per game, and that's like in the bottom third of all of uh, Division One college basketball. They don't do much well. They're not even in the top 100 in any of the major categories. Uh, okay, I take that back. Blocks. They they have have 86 blocks on the season. Who is getting all these blocks? I'm so intrigued. James Banks. Okay. James Banks has 50 blocks. Moses Wright, 20. Nobody else is over 10. As you can see, I didn't do an extensive, crazy amount of, uh, of uh, research on Georgia Tech before the show. He gets 3.1 a game, this James Banks. Also 10.4 points. 7.6 rebounds. So somebody else to look out for. Yet another 6'9 guy. So you got two 6'9 guys across the front. Um, their starter, their main starters are DeVoe, Wright, and Banks. Everybody else has just been hodgepodge. You know, you got start, uh, Jose Al Al Alvarado, nine starts. Uh, Khalid Moore, nine starts. Usher, eight starts. Bubba Parham, six. Evan Cole, two. So you're kind of all over the place. Uh, it does seem like Alvarado and Moore are typically the guys that hop in there or Jordan Usher. Uh, Alvarado also averages over 10 points a game. He's a guard, six foot tall, 176. I would imagine that's who's going to be distributing the ball around the most. Yeah, he's 4.9 assists per game. Turns the ball over a little bit at 2.1. Um, I just, I got a feeling. Call it whatever you want. I think we take this one tomorrow night. I, I like 76 to... Oh, give me 76-70. I don't know. I'm just picking numbers at this point. But I, I like the Irish tomorrow night to get Georgia Tech, and we need this one. We need it bad. So make sure you're checking us out at Locked On Irish on Facebook, at Locked On Irish on Twitter. When you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating because, I mean, what else would we be other than five-star? Come on now. Uh, so very likely no show tomorrow. I'm going to release this Tuesday night release. We'll promote it everywhere for everybody's listening enjoyment. Then... We'll be back on Thursday, of course, uh, talk Georgia Tech, um, how this thing went, see if we even are going to still be eligible for the NIT, and uh, probably talk a little bit more football. And I really want to delve into what is it going to take for Notre Dame to get to the next level. 
So whatever you're listening to, whatever podcast app, keep listening on there. Make sure you tell your friends Locked On Irish is here to stay. So until next time, guys, go Irish.